0: another week another music business podcast episode jordan how you doing today
1: i'm good man i'm great
0: who we got on today man we
1: got Paige O'Donnell today, man, a friend of both Sam and I. She's the day-to-day manager for Charlamagne the God, who I'm sure you guys are aware of. She brings some really great experience in the field of just managing personalities and the responsibilities that she had. And just as interesting in, in figuring out what makes a, a personality successful, she also talked about how she got to that point. And I think that's equally as interesting. She got to work for P. Diddy, got to be on a bus with him for six months straight. I'm sure that was a, a super intense experience. Um, she got it lightly. Yeah, exactly. Um, she talks about that. She talks about the work ethic that she got from him. She's one of the only people I know that, and you'll hear this in the podcast, tries to finish her email before she goes to bed every night, no matter how many emails she has. So it's just all about productivity and efficiency with her at this point. And it's super great hearing from her and her stories from, from the breakfast club.
0: For sure. And I mean, when you look at these like major personalities, I mean, their success is built on top of a foundation and that foundation is their team. Yeah. Um, and I think Paige plays an integral role. I think like Charlemagne is, is honestly one of my favorite like media personalities Me too. in hip hop. Um, and I think, I mean, he's been making some serious moves, books, shows. Um, Paige and, and Charlemagne are super close. Paige is, seemingly the glue to progress in a lot of that stuff and i mean she's super on top of it she's super uh, diligent just on top of her game so i think to to get a look into that to see how she kind of broke into the industry um all this stuff was super fun to talk about plus we got some some fun stories right so i guess without any further ado let's get into it enjoy Paige, what's up? Thank you for coming out today.
2: Hi, guys. Thanks for having me. First podcast, I feel so honored. A yep. little scared. Yeah,
0: yep. yeah no, a don't be yeah, Not at all. <laughs> we won't bite. So we do want to start just to uh, keep it broad and understand. I, I know you've uh, had a lot of really cool opportunities throughout your life. But if you could just talk us a little bit about what you're working on now and, I mean, even go so far to talk a little bit about what your day-to-day looks like.
2: Um, okay, so what I do day-to-day, technically I'm like the operations manager for Charlemagne the God World LLC, um, See the God World LLC. I do day-to-day management logistical stuff for Charlemagne the God. He's a radio personality here in New York. Um, we EP a lot of shows, pitch and write a lot of shows. So there's a lot of pitch meetings that I get to go into, learn a lot from. Um, anytime someone asks me how to describe my job, I never know how to describe it but that's like pretty much in a nutshell like I'm day-to-day I kind of just wear all the hats like from getting coffee to taking all of his conference calls to doing his day-to-day schedule to watching his kids yeah so watching
1: his
0: kids I don't watch his kids
2: anymore but I used to what happened are you? No, we're at a, just at a pace now that like, especially with his life and his wife's schedule and his schedule that he needs, um, he needs help at home. So they have a nanny. Uh, mm-hmm. And if need be, I will watch the kids right, right. if it's needed. Um, but I used to babysit his eldest daughter and read to her and all this stuff. So nice. they're like in the family. Yeah, they're family. I was at his wedding. I was there when his second daughter was born. You were there um, when
1: his second daughter was born?
2: Yeah, actually. His second daughter was born in the middle of shooting Uncommon Sense, his MTV2 show. And he called me one day and it wasn't when I was living in the city yet. I was working remotely for him for a while. Where were Um, you living at? I was living with my sister in South Jersey, who was pregnant at the time. And it, I just so kind of took advantage. Pregnant people. Yeah. All <laughs> preg- best birth Charlotte control May. in the world, by the way. <laughs> Hanging out with lots of pregnant people. It was it was a long summer for me. Um, but yeah, I was living with my sister. I was kind of in between my leases. So I took the opportunity to go home and like kind of just spend that time with her and help her out as much as I could and work from home because I was able to do it in that capacity at that time. Mm-hmm. Now, if I worked from home, it'd be disastrous. But um, I wasn't quite day-to-day yet, and Charlemagne called me at, like, 9 a.m., and he was like, how fast can you get to Jersey? Uh, you know, my wife's having the baby, and, like, Where I'm not in there. Jersey
1: was he compared to you? So how he was far? in
2: Manhattan. He was in Manhattan. His family lived in North Jersey at the time, like just outside the city. And yeah, yeah, he called me. He's like, I'm at work. We can't stop the show because that's tons of money in production. But like they're going to schedule a C-section, something, you know, or something came up with health issues. And so I drove faster than I've ever driven to North Jersey and was there for the ride and buying all the mommy things that weren't ready in the house yet and taking his daughter with me. So Yeah, there have been some adventures, but it's always super rewarding, especially when they feel like family. Um, It was cool to be there that day. Yeah, I
1: saw you were also on vacation with Charlemagne.
2: Yeah, we go on vacation all together every year. Um, Some friends, mostly family, but um, we just kind of—it's always a good way to start the year off because we go over New Year's. And it's just like a nice way to culminate the year and then start another and— you know, we go swinging together, so it's that's always fun. And plus, we always usually go somewhere warm, which doesn't hurt. Yeah, I think, um, I,
1: think um, I texted you around then because it was like maybe 12 degrees in New York the yep. week that you were out of town. Yeah, And you, on Instagram, you were like on the <laughs> beach, and I was like, damn. <laughs> so I
2: was
1: like, man. I was such
2: a jerk on social media because it. I, we actually got stuck in Grenada this year. We usually go to Anguilla every year. We got year. stuck
1: in Grenada. Yeah, not a bad, oh, no. <laughs> not a bad place I was I was stuck. I didn't want to leave. I
2: Yeah. Yeah. It was it was it was torturous, really, Um, really unfair. But yeah, no, we got stuck in Grenada this year. Usually we go to Anguilla. But unfortunately, with the hurricane this year, Anguilla was pretty much wiped out. So we went to Grenada this year. Our good friend Amanda Seals is from there. And she showed us around a bunch. She had her uncle take us around on a bus and give us a tour. It was awesome. Um, But yeah, the last day we're supposed to the day before we were supposed to fly out. We got a bunch of texts on the beach at like 3 p.m. Like everyone's flights were canceled. And we're like, what's going on in New York? None of us have been on our phones. Oh, and a blizzard.
1: and I think that's what it was. Yeah, it
2: was I a massive was. blizzard, yeah. which gratefully I missed. I'm sorry for those of you who were trudging yeah. in it. But, was yeah. my
1: birthday, too. My birthday is New Year's Eve. No. So, Wait, yeah. really? Yeah.
2: That's so cool. Yeah.
1: I mean, yeah, it's pretty cool, but it is always cold. It is always it's cold. It's always a
2: lot of pressure, though, too, right? Because I feel like New Year's always has. Kind of an unsurmountable pressure of like you gotta make it crazy and like end your year right, right. and then it's your birthday too, so right,
1: right, that's hard. Exactly, exactly. I mean, I'm, you know, I've, I've gotten used to trying to do stuff the day before because if I have <laughs> like a birthday party on my birthday, all my friends like start feeling guilty and anxious if they can't come because yeah. also, you know, New Year's Eve. So yeah, mm-hmm. um, but yeah, that sounds dope. Yeah.
0: So, so one question as far as like, uh, I mean. For starters, how big is like Charlemagne's personal team? Obviously, he works with a lot of different entities, Mm -hmm. but when it comes to like his team that works across all those entities, it's you, him, it's
2: just us and his business manager. Um, yeah, so it's it's three people. Just three of us. So me, him, wow. and and also Wax, our day-to-day security. Gotta give no. Wax's credit. Uh, Wax <laughs> yeah. is in every room with me as well. I spend a little bit too much time with Wax because a lot of times some meetings will happen that like I don't necessarily need to be in or too many bodies in one room mm-hmm. can be distracting, etc. So I sit in all the lobbies with Wax. I know where all the bodies are buried. Like mm-hmm. We're just way too close. The other day he was like, you didn't get your period yet, and I was like, "That's see, Yeah, damn he right. And He walks out and he's like, "Y'all spend way too much time." Together. That's and crazy. Like, That's too much, but yeah, it's just uh, <laughs> it's ridiculous. Uh, it's just me and him, uh, day to day with Charlamagne and then his business manager Karen Kenny, um, who's great, represents a lot of talent. Uh, she's the shark, and she deals with awesome. a lot of across the desk type of stuff. Um, word. Her and, yeah. So
0: because the team is so small, like how much? Do you get to focus on actual helping poke calls and strategy, come up with different plans? Obviously, there's always a bunch of different things moving. and Yeah.
2: Um, a lot. Uh, I feel like we're always—it's always like a consistent conversation with any content we're putting out or any mm-hmm. projects we're working on or even the interview we had that day. Like, I always love to refer to them as car conferences because, like, a lot of times during my day, that's the only time I actually have to talk to Charlemagne is, like, when we're in the car from— going from place Mm -hmm. A to place B. And Mm -hmm. that's why it's always so funny when people call me and are like, oh, did you get like this answer from this? I was like, honestly, if it wasn't on the top five things that we had time to go over in the car today, like we'll have to get to it tomorrow. Mm -hmm. But because we're moving all the time, I think people underestimate how much this man does. Mm -hmm. And like he is pulled into a thousand directions all the time, every day. And he's just so gracious about it and awesome with his energy. Like he always is very intentional with his energy and it's like a switch flips. Like he walks into a room, he loves people, he loves conversation and he's just great at what he does. So right. in that aspect, it's really cool to see all of that every day and be around it all the time. It's a great energy to have in like my workplace and my boss. Like I feel so grateful. Um, but yeah, it's definitely a lot sometimes. It's I do think it, we have an advantage having a smaller team just because it is so tight and not a lot of things get missed and you know, we're kind of on top of each other all the time, which is really, really nice and I'll miss that when we don't have it anymore. Mm-hmm. Eventually, you know, maybe we'll bring some people in to help. Right. Um, it gets to be a lot of mine sometimes, but you know, I'm used to like gunning and running. That's kind of what right. I love doing. And that's why I really enjoy my job. So
1: So how long you been there?
2: So this will be my sixth year working for Charlemagne. Your sixth year? Yep. Um right. I met Charlemagne when I was oh my gosh, when I was nineteen. And I've been, I'd kind of never stopped working for him. So I interviewed him at school for my college radio show, um, snuck backstage to an NAACP event and asked him to do an interview with me. And he's like, I'm driving back to New York tonight. Um, I have five hours to drive, but like you get 10 minutes. Like, of course, I love the hustle. You know, I give you props for singing backstage to this all black event, like whatever. <laughs> so we sat down and it was on Valentine's Day, actually, my sophomore year of college. And he, it turned into like an hour and a half interview. And then we just kind of vibed off of energy. It's like, I really enjoy your story. Like, I love how you're trying to do your own thing. Mm-hmm. Cause I was pre med way once, oh, long, wow. long, Damn. long ago. And wow. I try to, Flipped the whole script so my sophomore too, year. Mm-hmm. Yeah, my parents weren't super happy about that. But <laughs> um, he was just like, yeah, I really fuck with the fact that you're doing that and you're doing something that you love. And, you know, do you want an internship? And I was like, I mean, yeah, of course yeah. I want an internship. He's like, it's not he, paid. He said it on the spot? Yeah, well, after we, like, wrapped the interview, he was just I like, know. I want to I wanna help you. I want to, like, help you, you know, do whatever you want to accomplish, you right. know, in music, etc., And I was like, yeah, great. I just don't really know what I'm doing. I'm just kind of feeling it out. And he was like, well, maybe working in radio will give you some more direction, see if you want to keep doing radio things or music or whatever. Um, Yeah, so I slept on a friend's couch and interned for free at Power that summer. And I was bartending in Atlantic City still. (laughs) Yeah, great friend. Shout out to Mish. Um, Yeah, and I was bartending still in Atlantic City. That's where I spent all my summers with my sister and stuff. And I... Would go leave on a Monday after working with the overnight shift and hop on a Greyhound bus and come to New York and go wow. right to radio Tuesday, mo- like Tuesday morning and leave my stuff in his car so people didn't know I was like coming from a bus and work Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and then after radio on Thursday, leave and go back down to do the weekend in AC and... Wow. Doing the same thing the Hustling. next week. Yeah. So I've ever been in my life. And I wasn't being paid in New York, so I was pretty much breaking even with everything I was mm-hmm. making on the weekends. Um, but I learned probably more than I've ever learned. I was arrested twice for hopping subway turnstiles. We'll never do that again. Mm-hmm. But yeah, you, did it was, you go
1: to did you go to Jail? Did you put did they put you in a cell? No,
2: they like gave me a ticket. One time they put me in cuffs, but like I talked my way out of it a little bit. Right, and I was right. just like, I'm so broke. I'm sorry. I'm not from here. You know, I <laughs> paid that card and they're like, Well, here's the here's a hint. Don't hop the subway station at Court Authority bus I'm station like, I'm because I'm from here.
3: That's why I jumped the you like, do, yeah. do it, here. And I was like, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah.
2: okay, yeah, okay, I got you're it. So you're so
3: cool because yeah. <laughs>
2: <laughs> I was like, literally, I just bought my ticket on my phone, and that's all the money I had in my bank account. I don't even have enough to oh, reload. You told my the whole story. You Yeah, like, he, he let me go. But I I did have to pay a pretty expensive fine. So that was not cool. But yeah, that's just kind of how it started. And then I ended up um Just, like, on days since I was not being paid, just being like, what do you need? Like, Mm -hmm. can I help you for the day? I'm in New York for the day, and I didn't know anybody, and I didn't have to do anything after radio And when my internship was over. So just kind of followed him around. He likes to say that I was DJ Khaled level of annoying. I but don't know if
3: was like that. He was
2: like, yeah, you know, if you want to get somewhere, just be like my assistant, be levels of DJ Khaled annoying. I'm like, I don't know if I was that. And now it's kind of karma because I get people reaching out to me be like, I need a mentor. I need a mentor. I'm like, I really wish we had the time. But like, right. mm-hmm. they're like, well, Charmaine said to be DJ DJ Khaled annoying. So I'm going to keep hitting you up. And I'm like, like, God uh, damn it.
3: Yeah.
2: <laughs> coming back to me. I don't think I was like that annoying, but I definitely was hungry and just like wanted to learn and be in all the rooms I could and at least listen. Um, yeah, and I guess it paid off. I worked for Puff for a little bit. He offered me a job while I was interning and then I ended up leaving school early and moving here full time and then I kind of still helped out with Charlemagne's stuff day to day whenever he needed it because um, he had an assistant but she kind of like had a lot of other stuff going on and didn't really know what she was doing. So hold up. You just <laughs> said I worked for Puff
1: yes. <laughs> and then you just totally went over
3: that. Yeah.
2: Um, I don't know, did you know. You knew that. You knew that. Yeah. I did, I did know that. They don't know that. They don't know that. The, the people. <laughs> um, <laughs> long story short, um, I met Puff while I was interning. I at- don't got to be short. You could... I don't feel it. like I'm talking too much. I not to that's, no, that's, like that's the whole point. Um, we'll
1: talk soon. You got us this wine. Yeah. We'll talk there you soon. go. Finish your glasses <laughs> and
2: I'll re up <laughs> you and then yeah. we'll start <laughs> asking you guys some questions. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, I uh, I met Puffette while I was interning and he just was like in true Puff fashion. Charlamagne kind of made a very gracious intro and was like, Yeah, like this is my homie. She's and where like, Where was a hard, the intro
1: at? Was it? At the
2: Breakfast Club. I was at the Breakfast um, Club. And she was like, He was like, She's a communication student at Penn State. Um, I was going for broadcast journalism at the time with an emphasis in sports. Um, so I was working for Big Ten Network on camera to get my emphasis. And um, so I was looking into being like on-camera talent, and I wasn't sure where I was going with it. Um, we videotaped everything for my radio show, so I kind of had like a reel with in- with interviews and stuff. And he was like, well, will you a reel? Like, Let me see your reel. So I showed him, and he was like, cool, I'm starting a TV network. Do you want a job? And I was like, <laughs> <laughs> Um, is this a trap? Like, are you just offering (laughs) me a job right now? He's like, No, you're gonna I mean you're gonna have to interview for it, but like, you know, if everything works out, like I I need a good hip white girl. And I was like, Okay, I mean I guess
3: I'll (laughs) just I'm white. I am
2: white, yeah. Um, and then um the casting process was kind of like he like intro me via email with someone, and then I went back to school um in the fall and I got a call and September like shortly after the the semester started my junior year and they were like hey can you you know send a self tape in send a self tape in and I skyped with a bunch of people a couple of times over like a couple weeks and Dang, then so by midterms Interview process. yeah it was actually a couple weeks and I just was like everyone would happen and then I'd be like okay now what now I have to focus on school like right, really right. like what's happening and I would see revolts starting to go on social media and stuff and I was like ah I want to be, be like itching it, to yeah. be a part of it like at the launch and stuff um, and then the final step was they flew me out to LA like right after midterms and or during midterms actually I had to get out of a few exams and then I like Thought I was going to walk into a casting room with a bunch of girls that looked like me. And I was just there by myself. And they put me in front of a green screen, asked me a bunch of questions about music, what I like, what I listen to, like how I feel about the brand. And then flew me back to home and I had to make it for my sister's wedding actually and she was like if you miss this rehearsal dinner I'm gonna kill you like why are you fine to LA? No one I didn't really tell a lot of people because I didn't want to jinx it and you didn't it was tell kind a lot of people. Like I told my mom and probably my college roommate and so that's you didn't, like really not tell it. your
1: sister you was like I'm I, t- going I, to I work kind of ex-
2: I explained to her she doesn't even know who Puff is so like no, shout dang. out to Lauren. She's just like oh, yeah. so white and straight edge awesome <laughs> <laughs> um, and I love her dearly but she truly has no clue and she has no clue what I do now either. But um <laughs> <laughs> she just knows I'm busy all All the time, Uh, but yeah. So I I made it back in time, and then I landed at the wedding. Like I landed in time for the rehearsal dinner, and then at the wedding, Puff called me, and he was like, "You fly to New York on Monday. Like you're gonna sit down with me. Like I have final say." So then I flew to right from the wedding to Puff to meet with him in New York. When you
1: got the call, where he was like, "You shitting my pants, shitting my
2: pants," and then I got there, and there was one kid sitting in the boardroom with me at um, Combs Enterprises, the old office at Bad Boy, and it happened to be my co-host later on, but we met that day and we were talking a little bit and he went before I did. He went into Puff's office and he probably, shout out to Lawrence, he's going to kill me for telling this story, (laughs) but he probably was in there for like maybe two minutes, like tops. And he comes back out and even his assistant, Puff's assistant was like, what did you say? Like, and they had a production team in there filming our reactions. And like, he was just like, I I don't know, like, and I was like, oh, well, I've got this. I'm going to last way longer than two minutes. At least I did better than that guy. Like, it's fine. And then I was in there for, like, probably, like, 10 minutes, and he asked me, like, four questions, and then that was it. And he, like, sent me on my way back to school, and I sat there for, like, a month, and I didn't hear anything. And I was like, oh, my God, like, what did I say that he didn't like? And then, like, I think, like, a month later, I got a contract in my email. I was like, sign it and send it back. Welcome to revolt. Yeah. And I was like, oh… I guess I need a lawyer. <laughs> like I didn't have a lawyer. Yeah. I didn't have. I had no idea. And then I actually shout out to Stralman. Like he's had my back since the beginning. I sent it to him, and he sent it to his legal. And the process with the contract took a really long time. And I was like itching to be a part of it. And I just they started to launch, and I was seeing all the hosts they pick. Lawrence being one of them, the mm-hmm. kid that was in that boardroom that day. Mm-hmm. Still don't know what he said to Puff that day, and he won't tell me. He's, but he won't tell. He you. won't tell me. No one, will, uh, no one knows what happened <laughs> in that room. <laughs> um, but yeah, so and then Charlene just kept calling me TLC because I was like, I want to sign the contract. And he was like, sign it if you want to, but don't be mad at me <laughs>
0: right. when you come later and Damn. you don't have any
2: money. And I was like, OK, Damn. whatever. And yeah, and then I, the process took a while. But in that process, I was like, am I moving to New York now? Like I'm still in school. And I think right. they kind of forgot I was still a junior at Penn State at the time. And they were like, yeah, just move to New York. Like, we'll put you up in a hotel per your contract until you find a place, whatever. So, again, I hadn't really told anyone. Right. So, like, my radio show knew. I left it in good hands. My, my advisor knew. Um, Jamie Perry. Shout out to Jamie Perry because he was just the realest. He was like, when you get a job offer as a communications major, you go. We'll figure out school. We'll finish you online. Like, it'll Dang. be fine. So um, And he, like, transferred a lot of my classes that weren't supposed to be online to, like, help me – finished them cuz wow. i was communicate i was like 400 level communications at this point a lot mm. were like you know in person exams and stuff like that presentations um yeah and i moved to new york and i lived in a hotel for a month and then found a place on craigslist and then yeah and That's then I, con- I was able to continue helping charlemagne out um whenever he needed if i had a day off i just kind of follow him around go up to radio help out the clueless interns mm-hmm. type of stuff right. so yeah, yeah never really stopped working for him and Now we're here after I stopped working for Revolt. They'd had a big, um, ironically enough, a big firing, which they just had another one. Um, And they fired like six of the hosts. Um, How many were they? There were like, well, inaugural, there were like seven hosts. And then they had Mm -hmm. added on a few others to do digital content and stuff like that. And so I got fired along with... I think, like, four other people between Mm -hmm. L.A. and New York. And I was devastated, obviously. Like, I had moved to New York for this job. And I left school early and everything that I knew behind. And, like, I literally left my apartment with most of my stuff in it until the end of the semester when Mm -hmm. I had time to go back. And, like, still have people texting me, like, hey, you want to come out tonight? And I'm like, oh, Mm -hmm. I moved to New York and worked for P Diddy now and they were like what <laughs> like, wait what um so yeah it went and you dropped a bomb like that yeah and i just nah, remember I like even
1: believe you. somebody texted me like oh no i'm to new york and work for p diddy now i'd be like yeah. what no, no they
2: were so like, like who what what why and that was also a great conversation out with my dad he's like p who who p who i'm like diddy. Puff daddy like you know he's i don't know who that is but anyone with a name like that is ludicrous and what you're doing is ludicrous and he Damn. was it was totally over the New York move, but shout out to dad. Thanks for believing in me. But yeah, or kind of, maybe he still doesn't. Yeah. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> he's probably still like, ah. Who is Charlemagne? Yeah. <laughs> who is that? It's been six yeah. years. I don't know who his is. That's, it's a great other conversation. Now I'm working for a man named Charlemagne the God. And he's like, he calls himself he's a God. He's a God. Like, what, and it's not he's spelled so with religious. a the, it's spelled with a the yeah. God. Um, yeah. And so it was like a whirlwind of stuff. I was devastated. I was, you know, I remember going into Charlemagne's well, to the Breakfast Club and, like, crying my eyes out and just be like, I can't believe I got fired. He's like, you didn't get fired. You got let go. There's a big difference. Mm-hmm. And if this is crushing you, then maybe this industry isn't for you because this isn't going to be the first time you're told no. Like, yeah, it happened early for you, but now you take what you can learn from it and you make right. sure no one can ever say no to you again. So then he was like, Sorry, I need I like. an assistant. What did Robolt pay you? Like, I'll pay you and oh. you're on my team now. And... That's just like kind of how it started happening, like day to day, like that. Because I was here yeah. now, and yeah,
0: that's so dope. I think one of the uh, the best opportunities come from taking like unconventional, like hustle routes to making it happen. You sneak and backstage. Opportunity comes those who
2: create it. There we go. Precisely. You can buy it now. Paperback. <laughs> 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 but no, that's some true shit. Yeah. Like. I feel like I was talking about this and I don't know if you got you guys have interns up here too. I'm sure they're paid though. Um but I was talking about Sam's this with like the
3: no interns. Pay. He's like, yeah, hey,
2: yeah,
0: I guess you could call a payment.
2: <laughs> pay them the um, <laughs> <laughs> These
1: interns leave smart as shit. We go,
2: we go out there and they're all playing Fortnite. Um, yeah. yeah, no, I just was I just feel like Because I was an unpaid intern, I just hustled that much harder because I wanted to make sure I was getting everything I possibly could out of the internship, which everyone should even if you're paid. Um, I'm all for paying interns Mm because it was miserable. I was eating like street bagels. Um, But yeah, it just, I I was so hungry to like earn my place there. And it was really competitive when I was there because there were a bunch of kids getting college credit. So there were like three of us like, each day, um, two batches of three of us, like, for every other day. And some people just wouldn't show up some days. But, like, Mm -hmm. it was a cardinal rule that, like, if it wasn't your day scheduled, you can't come just for, like, guest privacy, Mm -hmm. um, et cetera. So me and this other girl, Nikki, um, who actually works at Atlantic now, so shout out to Nikki. Uh, Yeah, she and I just would go in every day that we were both there. Like, I was in New York for the whole week. So I was like, let's go in. If people don't show up, then we can stay. And then we get extra days and more experience and, you know, keep hustling. So we dragged our asses there at – 4 a.m. on days that we weren't supposed to be there, and luckily most times some people didn't show up. So,
3: but me and
2: Nikki were one of the ones who kind of got jobs out of the gigs. So I think also a big lesson
1: that I hear from that is that you treated yourself like you were working there even when you weren't.
2: Yeah, Um, for sure.
1: So that's you know that's eventually why you got the job because you were already working at that at that capacity. You yeah, know what I'm that
2: saying? or I was really annoying. We're not we're still not sure. But <laughs> yeah, yeah. it's
1: funny, I'm reading this book right now called Think and Grow Rich. And I just started it. Oh. And uh literally the first chapter, I've only read literally fifteen pages of it. I just read started reading it this morning. Um one of them is the first principle they talk about is desire and wanting something and not stopping until you get it. Yeah. And um it talks about this girl who comes into her actual slave master's house and says, Can you give me fifteen cents to give to my mother? And she's saying this to like, you know an older white man and then the white man says absolutely not and she says i'm not leaving until i get 15 cents from my mother and then he without saying anything gives her 15 cents and in that time apparently that you know obviously that's crazy and then she leaves and then he stares out the window like why did i just give this person 15 cents it's because she came in here with conviction and didn't leave until she got the 15 cents you know so that's what that situation reminds me of it's sort of like um you know be annoying like dj khaled (laughs) like you you know yeah, just that person trying to get the 15 cents. You yeah. know what I mean? You're I feel not like conviction is a better,
2: better word for that. Yeah. Word. So, <laughs> so is my conviction. But yeah, yeah that's – I mean when you expect the respect you deserve and you work hard to earn it from the people that you're around every day and they can see that and feel that, there's always like a genuine just respect I feel like usually there. Um and it usually works out. Like, if you're—the best thing that someone can say about you is that you're the hardest, per- worst per- hardest working person in the room. Right. You know, and if they can only say that, then you're only going to be able to win at the end of the day. Right. So, yeah, some days I'm like, I'm a workaholic. Like, this is a problem. My friend's like, you need a life, bro. Mm-hmm. Like, you need a social life. You need, like—you mm-hmm. need to date somebody or something. And I'm like, no, I don't have time. Like, I'll do that later, I guess, you know. But there's a balance in keeping it healthy, too, um— but yeah, if you work hard, there's really nothing bad anyone can say about you. And if you're a pleasure to work with. There's a difference right. between working hard and being a heathen that no one wants to work with. But if you're a pleasure to work with and you work hard, I mean, you're going to exceed plenty of people with resumes better than you for miles.
0: Mm-hmm. Right, right. That's what's up. So I know you've gotten to work with some uh, big personalities. Yes. Say the least. <laughs> what have been some of your biggest, uh, like, lessons? I mean, obviously, it's really… Uh, I mean, a great opportunity to be able to learn firsthand from some of these awesome, impactful people. Like, what have been some of your biggest takeaways? I think... Like, stories.
2: I think my biggest takeaway from my job, period, and, like, every experience I've had, is that the ones that you expect to be the craziest never are and the ones where you invest energy and time and like the genuine relationship or conversation or project or whatever usually end up surprising you and being the most rewarding Mm -hmm. just because you don't go in with like super high expectations but you I mean obviously treat everything the same but like I mean you were taught we were talking earlier before we started like I was interviewing a bunch of people in college right like I was so excited about like You know, one of my friends, Will, shout outs to Will, um, manages Wiz Khalifa and we both went to Penn State together and he hooked me up heavy, like helped me out so much by vouching for me to all these artist managers that were coming in town doing tours so I could get these interviews and go backstage and do like my radio show thing. Um, And I remember like that year I had interviewed Juicy J, like Swayze, Big Sean, um, Big Crit, and wow. I had a, interviewed a lot of people, and then wow. Charlemagne was like the last one of that year that I interviewed. And not to say I wasn't excited to interview Charlamagne, but I, I wasn't nearly as nervous. I wasn't as like like breaking necks to get backstage to do it. Like, and I will forever to this day be like, thank God I was like I did that. Like, thank God I wasn't tired that day. I was like, eh, mm-hmm. you know, whatever. Right. Um. And it was like the most rewarding thing I, I've ever done. You know. So I think. I love the experiences that really surprise me. Um, like, just even hearing, like, some of the authors we brought like, Ma- Malcolm Gladwell, just, like, hearing him talk, like, being mm. in the room with him, like, right. I feel um. like my soul is affected. And maybe that's just because, like, I've grown up reading his books and, like, I've read them all a thousand times. But it's, I know it sounds like such a cop-out, but, like, it's usually the really rare ones that I learn the most from. Right. Um, You know, being in the room with Jay-Z is always cool, but, you know, you don't always get to hear him drop gems, you know, with time and stuff. Um, Recently, Kanye was really cool. Um, Went out to L.A. and sat down for a day with Kanye and interviewed him. And I just have never seen Kanye in such a happy space, regardless of, like, what he's doing on social media Mm -hmm. and, like, the public's view of him right Right. now. Um, I've never seen Kanye so content and so happy in my life. And, like, it was truly a pleasure to watch those two men have, like, such a broken down conversation about their lives and just about a lot of things that they can both relate to, like parenthood, you know, and hip hop, awesome. which is really hard, anxiety and hip hop, right. which is really hard to deal with and people don't talk about. Um, and just seeing a lot of people on a really human level that I've never gotten to see before is That's always awesome. really cool.
1: That sounds awesome.
2: I don't know if that answered your question, but.
1: No, hell yeah, it did. Hell yeah, it did. Okay. Um, I'm wondering, um, you know, you obviously worked for Charlemagne for a long time um what you did at first is probably a lot different than what you do now one right. because you've obviously you know grown with charlemagne but he's also grown into into different you know how he how he developed into the world is is different than he was before he's not just a host anymore he's right. an author and you know all these other things so um, for you, how is your how's your day-to-day changed from, you know, what you were doing as, you know, just his assistant to now his operations manager? And, and what things have you had to learn going from radio into, you know, his book, for yeah. example?
2: Um, everything. <laughs> like, <laughs> I, I honestly, like, I had never booked a flight before until I started working for mean, Like, I was a child. Like, I'm still, I mean, I'm not still not, like, elderly, but, like, <laughs> I was 19 years old, you know, right. when I started, like, booking travel and doing all these things. I'm like, I really just, like— had to figure it out, and gratefully, mm-hmm. I had the space to figure it out and learn with him. And the other thing is too, when you're working so closely with somebody, you just kind of have to learn how to work with each other best. And right. it might not always be like the correct way of checking boxes or doing things. Or in my mind, like I'm so left brain with organization, like I have OCD; it's a problem. Like I make t- lists and spreadsheets and yeah, all the me things. Too. Me and me like too. he's very by the seat of his pants. Like he doesn't need to see a spreadsheet. Like let's just talk about it. What are the bullet points? Like what do I need to know? You know, <laughs> mm-hmm. so. For me, I think it was just, like, learning how to work with him in a way that benefited both of us greatly and accomplished the most in a day, especially with, like, a little bit of time each day. Now I will say I'm glad I had that time because there's a lot of, like, not guessing I have to do, but knowing what he would want without having to ask him type of thing. Right. Um. So, yeah, like, everything from, you know, reading over contracts and redlining them and sending them to legal to, you know— travel and all of the fun logistical stuff that comes with production of live events and going vetting through questions every day and stuff um Mm -hmm. it's definitely gotten a lot more in that magnitude of like I'm glad I'm on my shit now and I know how to do everything um but there's still things every day that like I'm grateful that his business manager is so well versed and smart that I can go to her and our legal team is great
3: right um
2: day-to-day it's just a lot more Like, my phone doesn't stop ringing, which is, like, something I'll probably never get used to because I'm, like, the world's worst, like, text communicator with my friends. My friends are always like, I have to call you because you just don't Mm -hmm. answer my text. But right now I probably have, like, 85 unread text messages in my phone. I'm really bad at it. I'm trying to get better about it. Mm -hmm. But if it's not work-related during the day, sometimes I, like, gloss over it. Yeah, Yeah, so, like, I think the hardest thing to, like, learn is how to balance your life, if that makes any sense. When your life is about somebody else, like, fully and completely and, like, seeing him win so you can win. Um, you lose a lot of like your personal life and stuff like that so finding a balance as I've gotten older is super important and something that I've started to focus on but everything else kind of comes with like you know fucking up a few times and taking ownership of it that's the biggest thing with him too he's like the biggest guy on honesty and, like, stands on that pillar to a fault. Like, don't mislead him. Don't gloss over things. Keep it a stack all the time. And we're good. Like, I've gone through some terrible experiences where I've had to, like, just keep it a stack with Charlemagne because that's my dad and my employer and that's my guy. (laughs) And just I'm not going to lie to you. And it's all been fine because we just, you know, if if I fuck up, I'm like, hey, I fucked up. But this is what it is, you know. And it doesn't happen often. I'm not going to lie. I'm pretty good at my job. But, you know, it does (laughs) happen. So, I think just like learning to roll with the punches every day was the biggest adjustment for me because, like I said, he's so off book all the time and just we're moving constantly. The right. movement and probably learning how to like balance your life becomes a lot, but right. it's fun.
1: So that's not just the operations manager. I hear just general manager in general, you just know.
2: everything. I mean, yeah. I, I wouldn't take the title of being his manager because his right. business manager Karen Kinney is like.
1: Well, I'm just saying it sounds like a
2: negotiator. You know. yeah, yeah. Um, but I do whatever I can, and I I'm not like worried about the title. In the least bit, you know, like, eventually I'd love to be, like, the VP of his production company. Mm. Um, But for now, like, I'll just—any hat you give me, I'll wear. I don't mind, you know. Right. And it helps that we're close and, like, I trust him a lot. And we are family. I really do think that dynamic is helpful for our relationship. I won't say that for every, like, assistant. I know some assistants who have to keep their, like, personal life completely webbed differently than their work life, you know. Or keep them separate just so it doesn't get to them or, you know, and when— I mean, gratefully, like, I wear sneakers to work every day. I'm not in, like, a corporate environment every day, you know? So, it's different for every person. Mm-hmm. Um, But, yeah, my job's not exactly the same as everyone's. So, just figuring it out. Still trying to figure it out.
1: Right, right. That's what's up, though. That's dope.
0: <laughs> so, this is going to go a different angle. But as far as, like, media strategy, like, I'm going to just start nerding out, like, media stuff. Do I need but, like, to give you
2: more wine? Probably. <laughs> w- wouldn't
0: hurt. Yeah. I'm um, already feeling this. I didn't have dinner, so. Yeah. <laughs> oh, God. So, Charlamagne is built up a huge brand across a lot of different like traditional media mm-hmm. platforms, radio, recently books, but at the same time he's also balancing like newer forms of media. I mean even the Breakfast Club itself has developed into like a thriving YouTube channel. He's got a thriving podcast. Um like as the landscape of media shifts and like more new media, video, audio really becomes uh at the forefront, like mm-hmm. where is his priorities or like where are you guys most ex- what are you guys most excited about?
2: I think the thing we're most excited about right now is really building out his production company. Um, He really enjoys pitching shows and executive producing shows and curating content. Mm -hmm. And I think that's like really where we're at overall across all the boards right now. Like Mm -hmm. same thing with the Breakfast Club YouTube page. Like let's keep the content coming. Let's not necessarily bring in the most poppin' artist, but the one who's gonna have a great conversation with us or that we right. need to learn about together with our audience right. type of thing. Like, we just had Jennifer Lewis up yesterday and it was a great interview, you know? Mm-hmm. And th- it's a lot of times, that's like why I said, the the surprising people are sometimes the one you learn the most from. So I think, you know, right now, like, just keep keeping the content going across the board is really important for us and just, like, keep elevating the culture forward is really important for him. Um, you know, Service is super important to him. So I think a lot of ways he can give back in the form of content, just as far as life experiences, you know, even with the book, um, giving back in content is always something we try to keep moving forward in and keep fresh. Um, But the production company is really exciting. We're working on a lot of really exciting stuff coming up. Not a lot of stuff I can talk about, but
3: um,
2: a lot of really exciting stuff in the realm of TV um, and content, which I think people are really, really going to love. And I hope that people really see like how hard he's working and how much he really puts into that. Um, And I'm really excited for people to see more of that side of him because you've seen him as a host on his show, Mm -hmm. as an executive producer on his show at MTV and, you know, at The Breakfast Club for all intents and purposes. And it's just really cool to see him... Like, we were doing something the other day. Again, I can't talk about it, so I'm sorry. <laughs> no, it's all um, good. It but, no, I mean, I'll no, just get in true. trouble. Yeah. Um, look, I'm like, I'm so good at my job. Yeah. And I'm just <laughs> giving away all the trade secrets. Um, I'm going to call later tonight from his manager. Yeah. Yeah. Um, later later tonight will be kind of <laughs> quick.
0: Yeah, No, no. no, no. no, no. <laughs> <laughs>
2: You can't oh. do that to me. This
0: yeah. um, <laughs> is second time tonight. <laughs> over there, over there,
2: and over there. Yeah, great. Thanks, Tyler. Yeah. Um, <laughs> no, I. What was I even saying? Oh yeah. Um, just you know, in forms of like the production company and stuff. It's really, really, really exciting. And like, I was sitting back the other day watching him. We'll call it a meeting, quote unquote. I was watching him mm-hmm. in a meeting, and I just like had this moment of I was like. Oh, I am I know he's great at his job and I'm with him every day, but I think it's kind of jading to me because I was watching him, and he might kill me for saying this, but I was just so proud. Like he was doing such a great job, and I was like, this is a totally different avenue and door that's gonna open for him. And right. he's so good at it. Like mm-hmm. I was like, I took a video of him and was like I sent it to his manager, and I was like, I don't forget how great he is, but it's like so cool to be reminded of it in like different aspects. Like that's awesome. That man just you can put him in front of anything. And, like, he might not be the best at it, but he's going to be the most authentic doing it mm-hmm. and just genuine and, like, pour everything he has into it, which is just, like, such a great thing to see every day. And definitely keeps, like, you know, remedial stuff like logistics and travel and all those things that can be stressful and, like, details that line up on top of you. Oh, my roommate's calling me. Um, <laughs> sorry, Cyrus. And, yeah, and it just, it's just—it's so cool to, like, be able to step back and really appreciate it some days still and, right. like, be reminded of it. Uh you can also yeah.
1: tie those smaller logistical things to a bigger picture. when you're Yeah, constantly reminded. and it's just like,
2: yeah, these things might be remedial and, like, daunting. But, like, we all have to do, like, invoicing and stuff we don't like, you know. Yeah. Um, yeah. Or I could just be like, you owe me this much money. And he'd be like, okay. But, like, again, I'm really organized. <laughs> so I'm just, like, just covering all the bases for your accounting and stuff. Here are my receipts. Mm-hmm. Write it off. Like, whatever. Um, But, yeah, it's just—it's really cool to, like— I really, really feel privileged to, like, learn every day. Yeah. And that's something, like— I will never take for granted with this job, especially like even if I'm not working for Charlemagne in five years, which I don't see at this point in my life. Um, he's he's like you're with me. You're we're we're, we're binded together, and I'm like yeah. I Don't you, I went through my whole adolescence with Charlemagne. Like sick, <laughs> it's man. like I wasn't be able I wasn't able to have a drink when I started working for him. Um, so it's just really cool to learn every day and be reminded of those things, and it keeps you hungry. For sure, like. You know, and especially working in New York too, you know what it's like. It keeps you hungry. It keeps you like yeah. hustling and stuff. And he definitely like keeps me mindful of that. So it's
1: cool. That's why I can't go to LA. Every time people to like, LA, we talked about this last time we
2: hung out. Yeah. It's like you get to LA and I love LA. Trust me. Right. Like we go out like once a month or so. Yeah. Yeah. Um, recently more uh, than we have in the past. And I love the weather. Obviously, the weather is great. The quality of life there out there is fabulous. And I love being there for like, five days, and then coming back,
1: because <laughs> I tell people,
2: people are max. just lazy. Like, I'll, like, meet up for, like, five. a lunch at, like, 3.30, and, like, 4.30, they'll be like, oh, yeah, you know, traffic. It's it's fine, though. Like, I'm yeah, like, yeah. no, dog, now I have 20 minutes. Like, time is important, and, like, yeah. that's one thing, especially working with Strongman, I will never take for granted. And you know working with Gary Vee. It's like, mm-hmm. time is money, literally, real, real. and, like, we don't get a lot of it, so— don't don't make me late. I hate late. I hate. Yeah. That's probably the most stressful part of my job. It's like, guys, come on. Come on guys. Come on. Yeah, come on. Yeah, and he's yeah. like, what? "We're fine. It's not an emergency." I'm like, "Yeah, but my job is to keep you on time and I'm going to do that." Like, "Let's yeah. go. Let's it's go. Let's go." Yeah. An yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> and you won't get yelled at, but I'll probably get yelled at. So, right. let's just avoid all of that and let's go. Let's go. Let's go. It's like, you know, like have you ever seen like kids on a rope that go to daycare? It's like, "Come on. Come, yeah. on, <laughs> <laughs> come on."
3: Um,
2: yeah, so that I feel like you know, all stressful aspects of any job, but it's just cool to grow. And learn I mean, yeah, you're building, you're building. Yeah. So the
1: stress isn't, you know, I know people that go to work every day and the stress is for nothing because they yeah, don't, they don't right. like the job. They're not. They don't feel like they're building towards something. And so.
2: like they leave in their job leaves. Like when they leave the office, their job stays there. You know. Right. Right. So I don't even. Do you guys even know what that's like? No. Right. No. no
1: I don't know what that's like. Fortunately, I don't know that I would though. Would you guys
2: want to know what that's like? I mean, maybe some days. Like, uh, have you ever gone on a date and been like, Oh, gotta go. That's my favorite. And then you're like.
1: Well, sorry, I just don't get my life. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, literally with Sam, we had a call about this podcast last night. Mm-hmm. And I was hanging out with my girl and I had to be like, all right, I gotta get on this call, I'm sorry. <laughs> <She> <laughs> so it's like, probably
2: harder for your girlfriend than it is for you. You're like, mm.
1: Yeah, but it's hard for me too, because you obviously you obviously love this person and you don't wanna you don't wanna let them down. And I also like in spending time with her just as much as she likes spending time with me, you know? Aww. Um but goals I totally I totally, you know, understand where you're coming from in that perspective. I also think that um And obviously you, you might be able to speak to this too is is when you're working a lot and your friends are like, you know, get a life. It's like this is what I want to be life. doing though. <laughs> yeah. This is what I want to be doing though. You know, like, um you know, I'll work sometimes on a weekend or like late at night and they're like, get off your computer. And I'm like, I actually want to do this. A what? A weekend. A what?
2: <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Everyone's always like, yeah, it's the weekend. I'm like, what the fuck does that mean? Yeah. Like, yeah. it means yeah, nothing yeah, to yeah, me. Yeah, I, don't, sure. I don't think I've had off on a weekend since like, I don't know. I've bartended all through college, so I've never head right. off on a weekend. Yeah. Like I don't even know what like right. that's like. I do work vacation. less on the weekends.
1: I might work every day, but you know, from it'll go from eight to four or something like eight eight hours to four hours or something that like sounds that. There's yeah. there's a little bit you know less up, Soldier,
3: <laughs> <laughs> you're no. never
1: gonna last in this business. Yeah,
2: right, right. Nah. <laughs> but yours is different too, and I'm sure you can relate on a lot of levels to like. you know the personal separating the personal and your person like you're working with a lot of artists day to day too which is very like i don't like to Charlamagne's not in you know any comparison to an artist but like when you're day to day with anyone or working in a logistical management aspect with talent quote unquote talent you know it's just like you gotta just figure it out and when it is something you want to do with your life then yes i'd say it's rewarding but for people who ask me like Oh, I'm thinking about getting into music. And I'm like, be sure music's something you want to get into because it's not exactly the easiest. Are they
1: talking about industry or are they talking about…
2: I don't know if it's like being an artist, which is miles harder than just being in the industry. You know, yeah. it's it's a lot. It's, it takes a lot from you, you know. Yeah. I, was, I, I was talking about Kanye last week with someone. I was like, well, you think about it. Like… You're the talent. You're an artist. Like, all these white people all the time are like, make us money. Make us money. Take, take, take from him. Take us energy. Like, turn it on now, Kanye. Do what you do, you know? And then it's like when he is being his true self and his authentic self, everyone wants to, like, blacklist him. Mm -hmm. But, like, you have to remember this. People took things from this man all the time. Like, just 24-7. Keep doing that thing you do. Like, you know, before Pink Polo was even cool, Kanye was, like, doing his thing and no one was listening. And then eventually it became cool and everyone was like... Yeah, keep doing it, Kanye. And it's just—it's, like, it has to be exhausting. And I watch it happen with Charlemagne too. Like, even people who—and no shade, but, like, people will hit us, and maybe they just don't understand how busy they are. But they're like, can you come in tonight? And I'm like, you don't (laughs) understand. Like, we, like—he's booked, like, a month out now, you know? Like, every day is, like, regimented, and every day is different. Like, none of our days are the same. Like, very rarely— the only constant is that Wednesdays, we usually do the podcast. And that's like, and that <laughs> even changes usually. week to, usually, yeah, that changes yeah, yeah. week to week. Because, you know, Andrew, and there's a lot of moving parts, make sure our producers can be there, etc. But it's just like, it's not always for everyone in the aspect that like, being an artist takes a lot from you. Right. And I think the industry itself can take a lot from you if you let it. But music is just, it's competitive. Like, I think, it, and maybe it just media in general is just competitive. Yeah. It's like, everyone's like always trying general, to. Yeah you know, be trigger happy and beat the next person out, you know, it's, it's, mm-hmm. it's very competitive. And maybe that's like, I'm super competitive. So that's why I enjoy it. Um, And like, not to say sports wasn't competitive, because for women on our talent, it was super competitive. But yeah. like, I didn't get the same like grit that I get from the entertainment industry and music. So right. it isn't for everybody, you know, and like, I'd go at lengths to say that it still isn't completely for me. Like, I don't know if I'm going to be, like, working with artists every day when, right. when you know, say, Charlemagne might not be a radio host anymore and we're doing more TV or something. Right. I don't know if that's going to happen. Don't quote me on that. I'm just saying, like, mm-hmm. if that happens down the road, like, I don't know if I'll be grateful or if I'll miss it or whatever, but it's hard. Like, right. you know, working with a lot of highly sensitive people, you know, that's right. what artists are. So, whether you're working to, with people who cater to that right. in management or you're working for a label that is trying to curate it and make it make sense to the public, you know, it's all open ended. You don't know how people are going to react to stuff. Like producers and in TV and stuff like, "Oh, this will great. This is this will kill." And then it gets three yeah. u- views on YouTube and you're like, "Well, back <laughs> to the drawing board. People right. didn't take to that." And then there's yeah. something that you don't even think is going to go crazy and like Kanye West goes up to TMZ and then it's like a crazy day, you know, it's just, it's not for everybody. And some people like the, you know, I go home and my job doesn't follow me and stuff. I can't imagine a life like that. Eventually, would I like that? Probably. I think we all would eventually, Mm -hmm. but I don't know. I kind of think I get bored too.
0: Yeah. There's something powerful about being so deeply aligned with what it is that you're working on but at the same time too that's very it's a slippery slope because or I do deeply think, sad <laughs> yeah <laughs> right right there's it's a, very, there's a like dark it, yeah. side to that too because oh, yeah. i think um you often overlook the things that really do provide the most fulfillment in your life those times with friends right. um yeah. family right. all that good stuff um one thing you alluded to though was this notion of like or, or i'll even take a step back i mean we're talking about this pushing yourself really hard, like, burnout.
2: Yeah.
0: I mean, I feel like you guys and my tolerance for burnout, even though I'm not, like, interfacing with Gary uh, every day, like, just being in this environment here at VaynerMedia has definitely, like, stretched my tolerance. I feel like (laughs) your tolerance... Is probably like through the roof. Well, did it
1: did it always though? Were you did it just immediately stretch it out oh, from no, there, or was no. it at some point, you <laughs> know, no,
2: yeah, yeah, yeah. definitely not. To be yeah. by seven thirty. No, yeah. no, no, I mean it was <laughs> yeah. it was
0: tough at like at first. I mean, especially coming from um, like I've been on both sides of the spectrum. Like I don't know if you guys have read like Tim Ferriss' Four Hour Workweek. Mm. Like I, I had I a handful that, yeah. of like digital marketing clients uh, lived in South America, and I was living with roommates that. I mean, we're quintessential four hour work week people. I mean, took pride in how little work they did. Yeah. At the same time it was like very meaningful. <laughs> so sick
2: by the way. So yeah. cool. Such a cool experience. I'm it,
0: sure. it, it was incredible. But I think what I learned is that I, I felt I I would rather be in a position where I'm I'm so uh inspired and motivated by the mission that I'm working towards yeah. that I want to work so I can make that bigger impact. Um but, yeah, obviously, I mean, switching environments. Part of the reason why I even started working at this place is because I knew it would take me to the other extreme. Yeah. Right. So I could net out in the kind of better middle ground. Um, but with that said, I mean, how have you, like, overcome burnout? Have there been times where, it, I mean, it sounds like you've been pushing yourself super hard.
2: I, like, the running joke with all my roommates is, like, I don't sleep. Like, they never see me sleep. They're, like, are you a vampire? Yeah. Like, what, are you getting any sleep? Or did you eat today? Right. Like, you yeah, know, yeah, you I too. just, I think, you know, and this sounds stupid, but, like, nightlife really helped me with that because I used to bartend all night and then go to my internship in the morning and be, like, I'll sleep when I'm done. Like, when I'm done, I'll sleep, you know? Mm-hmm. And a lot of days, like, I'm i not done. Yes, yeah, like, so you never done. So it's hard yeah. to get sleep because <laughs> right. I'm such, like, a, oh, no, like, I will lay in bed for two hours and be, like... I just got to finish this. Like, yeah. I need to finish it and then I can sleep easy because, like, right. I go over a mental checklist of, like, you know, every night I try and send him his schedule for the... So every Sunday I'll send Charlemagne his schedule for the week and then mm-hmm. every night I'll try and send it to him to remind him again of, like, what's tomorrow, what's, you know, whatever he needs to see, questions, or, like, mm-hmm. if I need to send him a one-sheet on, like, who's interviewing him, et cetera. Um, so, like... At the end of doing all that after the day, it's like I still have like I only have like twenty emails to zero in my inbox. Like it feels so good. You only got
1: twenty emails to zero. That's kind of a lot of emails, depending on what's in it. I don't
2: know if you want to see how many emails (laughs) I have right now, but it's definitely not twenty. What time
1: is it when you say there's only twenty emails?
2: And it's not because I'm bad at my job. They're just not priorities, so they're not. All right. So there's four hundred
1: and sixty-three emails. You mind if I say this or no? No, go ahead. Yeah. I can stop if you want.
2: <laughs> it's okay. Don't read my text. But
1: I'm wait. obviously not going to read my <laughs> text. Let's open up and the text. you go on my
2: photos. Open up the text. I'm not going
0: to talk. <laughs> go. I ain't
1: going to do nothing like that. It's going to be on this screen. You can go on my Hinge time.
2: profile if you want. The hilarious. I ain't going to do <laughs>
1: none of it. <laughs> um... Fifty nine missed calls, but you only have nine. You only have nine texts in here.
2: Oh, that's not so bad. So,
1: yeah. yeah, but fifty nine missed calls. That's it's usually the opposite. It's usually I mean to, like to be fair text.
2: again. One of those was just my roommate calling me and being like, I mean, he's not, to be fair, it's my roommate. He might be moment. in Vegas right now. I don't know. He's I don't know. It might be an emergency, and I'm like, great. And I'm like, Cyrus, ah, so I'll call you back later. But yeah, yeah. I just I think. I don't know. I never sleep. I I am. Do you try working to check all of
1: those emails though? Because I'm sure I have a lot of emails. I'll be siphon them. Oh,
2: yeah. I have to be though. I have to be. Really? Like, dang,
1: that's. Crazy. I just don't like anything
2: clouding my mind when I'm like actually gonna relax or sit down no, or like it's do good. something. Yeah. Wow. Um. Yeah. And some of it's like spam. Like some of that'll be like hotels that we have rewards at or whatever. Mm. Like or like JetBlue telling me like, you know, use your points or whatever. Right. Um. But I think the biggest adjustment is just like. I don't know. Not adjusting. I don't know. I just like kind of (laughs) jumped into it and was like, this is what we're doing. When it's done, it's done. And if it's not, it's not. And I don't sleep like I don't I now I'm getting older. I will say it's a lot harder, like especially (laughs) if I go to like a dinner meeting and have like two glasses of wine. I'm like hungover immediately, you know, now that I'm (laughs) old. But, you know, I was so young when I started. I was just like, who needs sleep? It's fine. Like it definitely catches up with you as far as like Stress and all of the things. Like, I've had right. some health problems. Like, I have really bad eczema when I'm stressed out. It's really, really, really bad. Mm-hmm, and, sure. like, you know, some things will fall to the wayside. Like, I probably should have got my wisdom teeth out a really long time ago. And yeah. then one day I woke up in the middle of the night, like in terrible Dying, pain and had to dead. go to the ER. And he was like, Yeah, it's infected and impacted. I can't believe you last this long. I need to take it out right now. And I'm like, Yeah, but I have a meeting in the morning. So, can we not? And he's like, right. no. no. And then it's just so funny because I feel like when you start working in that mode of like no sleep and just like, never like adjusting to the medium of changing every day like I think we all put more pressure on ourselves than it's like actually expected of us just because Mm -hmm. it feels like a never-ending checklist and like I went into work the next day with like a swollen face and Charlotte was like why are you here go home like you can answer emails from home and I was like but you didn't need me here no like I can do the podcast without you it's fine like I'll be fine you know so I think it's just like managing your expectations for yourself and like what's realistic and like Keeping in mind that sleep's probably the most important thing in the universe. And like, mm-hmm. take it when you can get it. And for however long you can. Yeah. And flights help because there's a lot of sleep that's caught up on flights for us. Um, But we're up at four every morning, you know. So like,
3: OG.
2: sleep's a novelty. Yeah. And I'll be grateful when I get a lot of it when I retire. <laughs> but, you know, I'm, I'm you the retire. nap queen. I'm great that's at it. napping. I can like do it sitting up in a room full of talking people. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. I'm great at napping. Um. But yeah, it's like, you know, it's just an adjustment as with yeah. anything.
0: Yeah, 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 I mean,
2: you work in music. Like, you you know, you don't sleep until shit just happens, you know? Like Yeah,
0: but
1: the thing is, it kind of comes in waves. Yeah. So, like, you know, last week I was up for literally 24 hours straight. And I mean, then I need you to drink more today, wine by the way. We just maps. finished
2: the bottle yeah. over I know, here, man. You're... you're just
1: trying to trap me, man. <laughs>
2: <laughs> I am. Is it working? Set. I'm finishing this one. So it's now working. Now you have to catch It's
1: out. working. It's working. I'm a lightweight. but um, But yeah, I mean, music is busy, you know? Um, but you like the artists, you know, personally, and you like the music they make. So when you have to, when you have to wake up, like last night, I was in bed. I was ready to go to sleep. I had the office on. And I was like, oh, I gotta do this thing. <laughs> so I got uh. up out of bed at like eleven thirty. I was like, man, I just gotta fit. I gotta crank this out. But you know, um, and this sounds like you know a similar experience to you and a similar experience to you is like. It's if it's what's got to be done, it's what's got to be done. You know what I mean. It's and I, and and I, I want to tie this back to to also your goals mm-hmm. and and the way you think about yourself and the way you carry yourself. So so, so like <laughs> when when it's like I need to get to email Can't escape this one. Right? <laughs> <laughs> you the wine, but yeah, now yeah, yeah,
2: what's yeah, up, right? Yeah. Yeah.
1: Like when I need to get to email zero. Like what else is motivating you to be like you know I want I, you know I want to get to zero or like. Um, when you're working for Charlemagne and you're like, you know, I don't have a life, but I'm cool with that. What else is motivating you other than just Char- Charlemagne himself? You know what I mean?
2: I mean, he's a pretty motivational guy. It doesn't really take a lot more like working for him. Like I honestly am not being kissed ass. Like it is such a genuine privilege to work with him every right. day. Like I'm so super grateful that like I have a boss that I love and that loves me like family and just like, you know, I'm super grateful every day. But, you know, sometimes I think we're so bad busy like I'm 25 now and I can't like I remember turning 25 this year and I was like you're not 25 you're like 23 and I was like no bro like yeah. I've been working for you for five years like it's been a long time and like I think we are just so busy a lot that I forget to step back and be like alright well what do I want out of all of this just because right. I've kind of been on autopilot just with like handling shit getting right. shit done like without a job description just like right. handling go, go, go. it go, go. right. Um, and you know in in changing my major and leaving school and stuff, it all happened really fast. And I Mm -hmm. didn't really know exactly what I wanted out of it. But I just knew the other path wasn't what I wanted. So there's still a lot of figuring out going on in terms of like, do I ever want to go back to on air talent? Like some days I miss it. You know, Mm -hmm. some days I miss being I went on a tour bus for six months with Puff and like went across the country to every major city and music festival and All-Star Weekend and all the things and like was on a camera every day, like, you know, just spreading the word about revolt. And it felt rewarding. It felt like I was Learning every day, working on myself. Like I definitely was not the best on air host. I had so much to learn. Like I left in the middle of school. And then even when I got there, Puff was like, forget everything you learn. Like go gorilla style. And like then I'd watch back film and like see me flailing my arms when I talk and be like, oh my God, I'm so bad at this. So that I missed like that aspect of like fucking up a lot, if that makes any sense. <laughs> like and like just like really like grassroots figuring it out. But I don't know. Like I, I've kind of really fallen in love with like the content content aspect of production, which is mm-hmm. something I never thought I'd love on the opposite side of the camera, Um, which is something I'd really, really like to work on, especially in like us developing shows and stuff. Um, I don't know. I, I like, I love working with talent. I like working with people. Like, everyone's like, what are you, I went on a date the other day and this guy was like, what are you good at, if you don't mind me asking? And I was like, other than my job? Like, what do you mean? Like, I'm not good at anything else. <laughs> <laughs> and he was like, no, like, what are you good at? What are you passionate about? Like, and I was like, people, I guess. And he was like, I was like, is that a bad answer? And he was like, no, is not that a bad answer. Like, that's great. But like, how are you going to make that into like something for yourself and something that you're excited, excited about and motivated about every day? And like, I could see myself having like a talent agency maybe later down the line right. or like, you know, Working with the, our production company full-time and, like, being really hands-on and curating talent and right. content as well. Um, but I think, like, the open-endedness of it frightens the shit out of me. That's why I hate when people are like, well, what do you want to do after Charlotte Maine. Because there's this, like, stigma in the industry about being someone's assistant for too long. It's Like, if you're that creative an assistant, then you shouldn't be with someone for that mm-hmm. long. And I super don't believe that. Like, I just, I grow every day that I'm in a room with him. So I don't feel like I'm stagnant in any way. But I would like to see myself like put myself in more situations that felt like being with Pub on a tour bus, like being scared because mm-hmm. I feel like there's a lot of my job that I'm so good at. I could do on be an autopilot, you know? Right. And like everyone knows that being uncomfortable is like where the best art is created and how you really push your boundaries and how you mm-hmm. really like, you know, challenge yourself. So in the future, like in the next year, I I hope to like push myself to be uncomfortable. In, like, a lot of executive producing aspects or, like, associate producing aspects Mm -hmm. or just, like, having a hand in that side of things more more hands-on than, like, just making sure everything's running correctly, you know? Mm -hmm. So, that maybe or maybe, I don't fucking know, maybe I'll just move to an island (laughs) and, like, I don't know, get sick of the industry. I don't know. It's – I don't know. We'll see. And – I've like, thought about podcasting and stuff, but I don't right. feel like I have a lot to say about shit. You're a
0: natural. <laughs> yeah, you, <laughs> are, you <laughs> are. You're the
2: first episode, so. <laughs> no, there's a reason why you're the first,
0: I was
1: like, yo, we will not be able to talk. You don't to talk natural. or pain. <laughs>
2: so, I just got you drunk, that's all. It's yeah. um, <laughs> something I do the weekends. <laughs> i like stumbling this is my on favorite myself. favorite podcast <laughs> ever. Best <Podcast> one. Uh, <laughs> yeah, but I don't know. I'm just, I know, like, I have a lot of great friends who you know, like in the industry as well that are always like, you know, you're great at what you do for Charlamagne, but like push yourself forward every single day. So I definitely have those reminders all the time and they stress me out all the time because mm-hmm. I definitely lead like a very double life. Like I I grew up in Hershey, Pennsylvania. My parents will listen to hip hop. My brother knows what's up, but like my parents really don't even know what I do or how important my job is and that weighs on me some days because mm-hmm. I would like to go home and be like, yeah, I'm a CEO of this company. Mm-hmm. What now? You know, but like, I don't think measure like my success in the recognition of others I never have. So that's all fine. But it's definitely like trying to figure out some way to balance what I love, what I enjoy doing for work and what I enjoy doing, enjoy doing for myself. So I'm still trying to figure out the like, what do I enjoy doing for myself and making it into work type of thing. But Mm -hmm. I don't know. We'll see. Don't quote me because now this podcast is going to come out and like, Five years later, people were going to be like, oh, really? That's what you thought you were going to be doing? But, <laughs> or yeah.
1: you know, or you could surpass what you thought you were going to be I doing. I mean, it, hopefully, could, it could flip, you know.
2: We were at a, I went to a friend's 30th birthday last night, talk about feeling old. It was at a club. I was like, I'm tired. It's past yeah. 11. <laughs> it's like, crazy. it's a Monday. And <laughs> the Drake song came on, 25 sitting on, or 27 sitting on 27 mil. Yeah, is that yeah, the? 20, yeah. 25.
1: 25 sitting on 20. Is it?
2: Is it is a 20. All it's 25, 25. My, my drunk yeah. friend comes up to me, he's it's like, 25. 27 sitting on 27 mil. Psych. And I was like, I'm not 27 yet. So so relaxed. Yeah. we'll see. But yeah, I mean, that's the beauty of New York. You get to be excited about possibility and you're reminded of it every day. And you're also reminded of the latter. You know, the, the best part about New York is walking down Fifth Avenue and, you know, you're reminded of all the things you can't have and but they're within your reach. And then you still get the gritty shit. Like you go to the East Village and grab a two dollar beer and like see all the kids who are just like hustling, working for free and shit. So mm-hmm. I don't know. We'll see. I hate that question. I hate you for asking that. But Damn, Jordan. I always talk around. I always, I just talk around it a and lot. Lead. And then hopefully yeah. people are like, "Oh yeah, that was deep. That was yeah, good." Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So,
1: so the flip side of that, um, you know, as a brand, mm-hmm. you know, if I say, "Page is this," what, what would you want your brand to be? And that's a little bit easier because it's a little bit more vague. But it also,
2: <laughs>
1: You're like, you can be as vague as you want.
2: Uh, <laughs> she's like, I still hate you. Still hate you, um. I just think like authenticity. Like right. I'm just so sick of like seeing a lot of like, especially I mean, being a white woman working in hip hop. Like everyone's like, "Oh, you want to fuck a bunch of rappers?" Or like you, you're they, like they the down white girl. They say you want to fuck a bunch of
1: rappers. They t- I mean,
2: I get a lot of like, "Oh, you're the down white girl." Like that's you. You know, what I mean, you're for oh, the culture. Like that has nothing to do with it. Take it out of it. Like let's be authentic and let's just be real for a second. Right. And like I think something. If I go to the creative route with like curating content, it'd just be like great conversation. Like you know, curating talent and content in a way that like. Just like opens up like my favorite interviews are ones that feel like a conversation and right. people are just getting to know each other or yeah. like hanging out over drinks. That's why I brought the wine. But like No,
1: this is a good idea. I just
2: think like as a brand, <laughs> like I don't know, like my Instagram is like pizza connoisseur, aspiring astronaut, shoe addict, content curator. Like those are like all my staples. Take it mm-hmm. for what you will. But I think like authenticity, like that's like the greatest thing I would want anyone to take away from me as a brand mm-hmm. if it ever. Right. Coexisted by itself without like me attached to it, um, it would just be like just keeping it real. Like I don't know, I'm just so sick of like fake news and all the extra shit and the. That's just
1: like Charlemagne the too. Charlemagne is like shit. one of the realest brands I think I've you know seen. And it's so funny because you know like I mean? when
2: you're like Charlemagne the brand, I'm like I don't like. I, just me, authentic. That's how it yeah, I, mean, I feel like yeah, the best like, ones
0: like, are just exuding that. I mean, they have an intimate understanding of themselves and right. That and, and that's super in. important
2: and very underrated because. There's, a, like, a lot of projecting in media and stuff, too. People who don't know themselves really well, like, have a hard mm-hmm. time being authentic because they're trying to stick to, like, all these different scripts that are just floating right. around. And, like, you try to fulfill all these expectations of other people that don't really matter to you. And then when you take a step back and you're like, oh, this doesn't matter to me. Why right. am I, like, pressed about it? Because everyone's just so afraid to say things and do things and trust me like people come for me all the time like they troll me on the podcast every week it's like their yeah. favorite <laughs> hobby if you've ever listened to Brilliant Idiots I'm yeah, sure yeah, yeah. you've been yeah. like no page yeah most recently I got trolled on the Breakfast Club for Mike Wee Jordan we uh, saw, which, that was hilarious I was we dying we decided to yeah.
0: leave it up yeah. no if you uh, brought there it there up we was gonna talk about it but we to, to try
2: fair, like there is a story uh, all he right, said so was look at her look at her and then he called you no, out so said, hard. You see that white blonde girl over there? This is what Charlemagne says, <laughs> yeah, right? Yeah. She's been wanting to eat your ass for months. <laughs> and like, First of all, I know Charlemagne so well. I already knew he was going to bring this up when yeah. Michael came back up. Because two weeks earlier, he came back. First of all, Michael Jordan was supposed to come up on Valentine's Day. Mm-hmm. And... My boyfriend ghosted on me on Valentine's Day. It was terrible. Of course, y'all mm. made, made fun of me for two weeks. He's like, "How this guy, <laughs> oh, this dang. guy was great. He really played you. He really had you going. I'm like, dang. thanks, asshole. Like, I'm really sad. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, Thank yeah. you for that. And Wax is like, yo, you need me to pull up on him? <laughs>
3: this
2: is my support that's
1: system, a pretty, That's a pretty good support system. <laughs> no, if you have anybody that says <laughs> you want me to pull up on him, <laughs> if that was an option for anything, you know, more people, um, I think, we use it.
3: <laughs>
2: yeah, well, well I Uh But, yeah, and so he was supposed to come up, and I was, like, all hyped up, Valentine's Day with Michael B. Jordan, what's up? And he didn't come up. And I was like, you know what, this is probably a blessing in disguise, because Trolomey's mm-hmm. probably going to troll me, whatever. And one day, I was sitting in the studio with our producer, Taylor, Love Taylor. She's great. And she was like, yo, Morris Chestnut is the finest man alive. And I was like, Morris I need- Chestnut. Morris Chestnut. Throwback. Right. And I was like, first of all, I know you're not disrespecting my boyfriend, Michael B. Jordan, in front of me because he's clearly the finest person alive. Whatever. We were joking about it and she was like, no, like Morris all the way. I was like, well, this is how you know, Taylor. If that man asked you to eat his ass, would you? Would you give him a rim drop? And she was like, <laughs> I was like, that's how you know it's love. Like, you gotta do what you gotta do for the person you love. And she was like, If he asked me, no, like whatever. And she, so then she turns to me and she was like, Well, if Michael B. Jordan asked you to eat his ass, would you say yes? And I was like, Of course. And then Charlemagne walked in at that exact moment. Oh, at moment. that exact oh, moment. So there was no context the <laughs> it was a totally hypothetical situation. Like, I'm not out here hankering to eat anybody's ass. <laughs> he, said, I, he said, he said for
1: months. He said for, for months. Dude. Like, <laughs> like,
2: and like, I've not, I've never, and for the record, I've never done it. Never will. Charlamagne's like, Nah, you threw that around too casually you must be out here like a snack and i'm like no i'm oh, not i wish oh. i had time to do something like that like i don't even i don't have time to have a personal life oh, and so i wish you had started. you said you wish you had time to do something like that i mean like not box, but like any personal life really right, but right. yeah so he came i forgot he was coming up that day and like he had, like, two weeks out had been, like, you see who's coming on on the schedule, right? Yo, and yeah. I'm, like, yo, stop. Yeah. Please just Don't stop. Don't play, bro. Like, just stop. And then he was, like, he loves white women. It's fine. Like, whatever. <laughs> so, <laughs> <laughs> I come up that day, and sh- he was already in the studio. And I was, like, fine. Dodged a bullet. Like, Charlotte Lee won't see you here. Mind you— our press release for Shook One Anxiety Playing Tricks On Me or his second book came out that day and I was like reading over press releases and sending everything for approval and getting graphics to like switch his social media over and I was like pulling my hair out I was so stressed out and all of a sudden I see Charlemagne turn in his chair and point to me out of the studio mind you you can't hear what's going on in the studio when you're in the right. lobby and I'm like no <laughs> <laughs> just no not today please yeah, yeah. like I'm so stressed out and I knew what he was gonna say that's why I was dreading it oh, and he's like telling me to come in he sends Taylor out he's like Paige come in here gotta come on you gotta come in here Shout wants to come in I'm like absolutely not I'm too smart to set myself up for that yeah. type of shit on air on The Breakfast Club, like, no way, Uh, and he was like, listen, I'm gonna shoot my shot for my people, I need you to come with that (laughs) same energy, and he kept saying, I need you to come with the same energy when Michael B. Jordan's up here, (laughs) and so he said, you know, what he said, Michael B. Jordan walks out of the studio, everyone on my Instagram is like, you didn't come with that same energy, like, mad you didn't go on, I'm like, do you know my boss, like, do you know what might have happened if I walked into that room, like, no, thanks. Plus, the internet trolls are like the worst thing ever. Oh, I can't yeah. read comments. People call me Ted Cruz. Like, it's terrible. People so, call you
1: Ted Cruz. I feel st- like that's just the diss. That's another story, century. and it was true. <laughs> like, I was like kind of
2: fat <laughs> <laughs> at one point, and they caught me looking at a bad angle. And playing oh, side what? By side. They said it because oh, no. it was not good on the brilliant idiots, of course, because the biggest trolls they, they, ever. Yeah, they
0: just perpetuated fan just the flames. The biggest flames. Yeah, yeah. ever. And all those
2: YouTube people. I'm like, who are you? Uh, it's I have like to clever trolls too. Yeah, and they're I so know. clever. Like, well, how'd you get Ted Cruz? But, like, I kind of looked like him there. So, it was so… <laughs> <laughs> I look like him I'll there. I'll the picture. It's so bad. Like, I, have, I hate to oh, even but, admit it. But, yeah. So, I walked up to him after. I was like, listen. Can't listen to anything this man says. I'm Paige. I'm sorry he did that. Whatever. And he was like, this yeah, was I know. Yeah, he's like, yeah, I know. He's a troll. Like, whatever. I don't know how you deal with it. And it was all fine. But… Yeah, of course, my day. You know, every day is different. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, just, all my story. days are different. That's just, you know. But I will show you the picture of Ted Cruz. I really did. I was like, a, <laughs> not fat at all. But I was like, a little just like, I didn't work out. I like Everybody's didn't.
0: got those rough angles. I, really those rough well, right, I have man. an
2: at-risk yeah. chin.
0: At-risk? He sounds
1: like a kid <laughs> in a <laughs> <the> ghetto <laughs> or something.
3: <laughs> I got an at-risk chin. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
2: It's like, Hold I up. have one and when Hold I explain Don't it you totally get it. To that. <coughs>
1: at risk it's
3: very serious. <laughs> I, no it's
2: super at risk like if I if I get caught at the wrong angle or I'm looking down too far like have you ever seen one of those dinosaurs that has those necks that like when they get like bothered yeah. like that's what my neck turns <laughs> no into no and way, there's bro. a lot of lines and like I look uh, I look like I have like they call it online a Popeye's chin is what Popeye's they keep chin. saying about me. Yeah but no I really did look like Ted Cruz one day and Shout outs to the person who called me Ted Cruz and put that s- photo side by side. And I was like, all right, now I need to work out all the time. So thanks. <laughs> Plus, Charlemagne's like big on fat shaming. He thinks it like makes people better. and
1: Makes people better.
2: You know, just makes them more self-aware whatever. He's not a fat shamer, but like...
3: Right,
1: right.
2: He definitely... Makes them more I have, aware. I might have like deleted it from existence. It was, <laughs> it's it's, like, it's like, just all of you of need to mind. know it's is too too that like they caught me in an angle where like I was like doing one of these... With my chin down and like laughing or something. And they put it side by side with the photo of Ted Cruz and his like triple chin. And it really looked like me. And I was damn. Like, damn. like, damn. It was really bad.
1: That's crazy. But, I know. think the funnier thing is that I've seen multiple people be compared to Ted Cruz like in the last year. Like, yo, they look like Ted Poor Cruz. Poor Ted Cruz. Yo, <laughs> it's like that. Yo, he's a guy. He's a person. He's not just a character.
2: It's I'm like, going to need you to finish your last wine right now. All right. Yeah. I got it. So I can. There oh we go. Power move. And now you can ask someone else a question.
1: I can ask someone else a question. It
2: doesn't have to be me. I'm just saying you can ask a question. Now you're given permission.
1: Oh, because I hit my wine quota. Yeah, yeah I right. was I was being a little too uh, things calculated. Like get a, things like, getting <laughs> like a little interesting. <laughs> a little too <laughs> calculated. Kidding. So what'd you do Saturday
0: night? <laughs> <laughs> like,
2: so what are you doing this Saturday night? Yeah. yeah so what? <laughs>
0: What's the craziest thing you ever done? Just I ask
1: a question. Nah, nah, no, no,
0: no. So I think just to like go full circle. I mean, we definitely covered a lot of really cool grounds. Um, I think you have an like you are right in the middle of a really awesome learning experience opportunity. You're growing a lot. You're pushing yourself. These are all like qualities that are leading to uber successful life, which is great to see firsthand. With that said, I mean. There's a lot of other people that haven't necessarily found that role, found mm-hmm. the opportunity that makes them feel like they're growing, that, that really good stepping stone, even if they don't have a clear picture of the, the end goal, mm-hmm. um, just to feel like you're making steps in the right direction. For people that are looking to get into kind of the music worlds, whether it's in media, management, labels, the the whole gamut, um, what kind of advice do you have for them?
2: Um, I also hate this question because I like my story. So like – happenstance like well, I kinda, every story is gonna
0: be like within, that, you know? yeah there's definitely like trends and, stuff and virtues it, yeah know? for sure
2: Um, I fell into what I do and I'm super grateful that I love it and it's rewarding to me it might not mm-hmm. be for everybody but I would say people looking or like who felt like I did at least without like a path or not sure how to even jump in or where to start is like work as a PA, like at a, at MTV or like MTV or Viacom are always hiring on their website for like production assistance. Like, yeah, you're gonna be getting coffee and snacks and stuff, but, but be around the things that you think you love or in, are interested in and they can either, you know, prove you totally wrong or really justify any feelings that you might have. Read things that don't pertain to you. Like
3: mm-hmm.
2: read about every industry, you know, don't right. just, I think people have an idea of what they think everything's going to be like. And when they get there, they're like, oh, this isn't, you know, what it's like at all. Just, I would say, immerse yourself in as many things as possible, as many experiences as you can. Listen in every, you know, listen with an intent to understand, not to reply. Like, be as an intentional with your time and your mind while it's young as you can. That sounds like terrible. But like, I get to a point where I'm like, oh, my God, I'm done with school. Like, I'm not learning anymore. Like, it's weird when you have to start curate your own, like, learning experience. Right. Which is hard for, I feel like, a lot of people, especially coming out of college and are, like, ready to bust indoors, but just aren't really sure. um, You know, and, and you never know. Shoot your shot. Reach out. I get people in my email all the time asking me. I mean, this isn't to say email me and ask me for an internship. I can't always <laughs> yeah. deliver. But, you know, like… You never know. Shoot your shoot your shot. Be sure. DJ Khaled annoying if you have to, mm-hmm. but like do it in a professional way, in a <laughs> yeah, respectful yeah. way, and it's never going to go come across as like overeager. If anything, that's what people want in right. the workforce. Like just expose yourself to as many aspects of what you think it is that you want to do as possible, whether it be getting coffee for somebody or just sitting in and shadowing someone or you know, reading up on it or if you want to interview people, go on YouTube, start your own interview channel, like Mm -hmm. read, like read up on it, like, you know, just listen to the greats and like embody everything that you would want for yourself as like a successful person as if you're already there, you know, Mm -hmm. so you hold yourself to that standard. And I just I feel like that's how you kind of gauge more. So what you want and also open doors for yourself. Mm
0: -hmm.
2: Facts. Facts. well Paige thank you so much That's for coming out we really appreciate the time man cheers this is great oh wait hold up. put some wine uh, in more. my bag put some wine some...
0: woo <laughs> that episode was crazy <laughs> you can't laugh after you say it though <laughs> no we can have fun man we could laugh people like
1: the laugh yeah yeah um, but we weren't like that in the intro at all
0: we're keeping all of this alright
1: let's keep what'd all it what'd you think it? Jordan I thought that episode I mean I keep saying this I thought that episode was great man that's what I keep saying. That's the line I keep saying. I thought that episode was productive for our listeners, and I thought it was fun for us. Um, Paige brought some wine. We got a little loose. We got to talk about our personal lives a little bit, how work-life balance. Um, but you know, more importantly, we got to talk about her relationship with Charlemagne outside of work, which I think is I think is super interesting for our listeners. I know it was super interesting for me, just hearing that kind of behind the scenes relationship that they have and how that feeds into the chemistry that they all have as uh, as people that work for the Breakfast Club.
0: Yeah, for sure. No, and I really loved hearing her story is to actually, you just go about creating your own opportunity. Uh, I mean, the story she told about how she got her job with Charlemagne, sneaking backstage, yeah. finding it. I mean, that's just true hustle, like, Um, you can really, I love this idea of like creating serendipity. It's like the people that are often in the right place at the right time are in a lot of places, a lot of times you really just got to like take a lot of swings. Um, so super grateful to have had Paige on the show. Um, And thank you guys for listening. Uh, Really appreciating all the support of the podcast so far. Uh, If you want to check us out on Instagram at music business podcast, we're starting to cut up some awesome clips coming out of these individual episodes. So check those out, hit us up with any feedback, any questions, any topics you'd like us to cover and drop Uh, us some reviews, you know, drop us some reviews on iTunes. You know I'm trying to, I'm trying to see what you guys think and get some more boost organically yeah, on iTunes yeah of course but
1: I didn't want to say that I was trying to I mean, be I was trying straight you know, I guess you gotta be straight up you guys up. like put the some podcast. five star reviews out there bro <laughs> yeah yeah put some five <laughs> star reviews out there
0: awesome <laughs> well uh, we appreciate your guys support thank you so much we out